Welcome back to the Coach's Corner. I'm Peter Sachuk, your trusted host and UHY's career development and training manager. This episode centers on a topic that I've struggled with most of my life, as I'm sure many others have as well, procrastination. Whether it's a personal or professional project or task, I always seem to find myself completing it at the 11th hour. Plus, with so many other fun things to do at the tip of our fingers, it can be easy to get sidetracked and put things off until the last minute. This episode will focus on the meaning of procrastination, why we procrastinate, the consequences of procrastination, and how you can overcome procrastination in your personal and or professional endeavors. Now enough procrastinating, let's get to the episode. Before we dive into what exactly causes procrastination, let's take a little detour to find out what it means. Procrastination is the verb form of procrastinate, which means to put off intentionally and habitually, or to put off intentionally the doing of something that should be done. Thank you, Merriam-Webster. Procrastinate is derived from the Latin verb procrastinari, or to put off until tomorrow, and the Greek verb akrasia, or doing something against our better judgment. Simply put, procrastination is the trouble we face persuading ourselves to do the things we should do or would like to do. When we procrastinate, instead of working on important, meaningful tasks, we find ourselves performing trivial activities, such as organizing our email or cleaning our desks, wasting time that could be used elsewhere. The crazy thing is that when we procrastinate, we're not only aware that we're avoiding the task in question, but that doing so is probably a bad idea. And we do it anyway. The sad reality is that 95% of us procrastinate to some degree, with around 20% of us defined as habitual procrastinators. Count myself in that party. For that 20%, the saying, eh, I just don't feel like it, takes precedence over our goals or responsibilities, which can trigger a downward spiral of negative emotions that further deter our efforts. In my research, I found two interesting reasons that help explain why we procrastinate the present versus future self, and decision paralysis. Let's start with the present versus future self first. When you set goals, whether that's at the end of year or mid-year review cycle, you're setting goals for your future self to achieve. That future self values long-term rewards. However, when it comes to accomplishing those goals, only the present version of us can act, or our present self. The present self values instant gratification. Here's a simple example. Picture yourself on a cold winter morning. You know you need to get up and go to the gym. This involves putting your workout clothes on, stepping into a cold car, and driving to the gym and lifting heavy things. But as you reach to turn off your alarm clock, you realize how warm and cozy your bed is, noticing your cat or dog snuggled up next to you. Instead of waking up to go to the gym, you turn off your alarm and sleep for an extra hour. In this example, your future self values that time at the gym because it will help you stay in good health and achieve your fitness goals. However, your present self values that instant gratification of a warm bed and a furry friend next to you to keep you company. If our brain values long-term benefits when they are in the future, but also values immediate gratification when it comes to the present moment, it's quite easy to see how procrastination occurs. Procrastination can also occur because we experience decision paralysis. In today's society, we value individual liberty. Our freedom to choose what activities to pursue provides immense happiness. However, 
Because of this freedom to make our own decisions and perform our own actions, we have become easily confused as to what is considered a priority. Here's a personal example. I'm currently pursuing my doctorate degree in organizational leadership. I'm at the phase where it's time to write my doctoral dissertation. To anyone who hasn't written a dissertation, just know it's a long, complex process that involves a lot of research, writing, revising, analyzing, and presenting concepts and data. Unfortunately, I haven't made much progress during the past year. In fact, I stopped working on it once I got to the literature review process, which in my opinion is the most daunting part of the dissertation. It's not because I can't do the work or don't want to do the work. It's because I have all this additional freedom to do other things with my life, such as spend time with my dogs or my soon-to-be wife. It's just like what Uncle Ben said in Spider-Man. With great power, in this case, freedom, comes great responsibility, or we need to apply it correctly. Now what happens when we procrastinate? Are there any consequences? Yes and no. In the first example about skipping your gym session, you probably won't face any immediate consequences as a result of sleeping an extra hour. Heck, you might even have more energy than you would had you gone to the gym. However, if mornings like those start to add up and you don't make progress on your fitness goals until later in life, it may take more time, effort, and focus to achieve your goals you set for yourself. Another possible consequence of procrastination is that you may produce lower quality work. Picture a triangle with three equal sides that represent time, energy, and cost. If one of those sides is shorter than another, then the other two sides have to compensate and elongate. Hey, poet, didn't even know it. For my example, I know my time to complete my dissertation is dwindling, so for me to complete it on time, it's going to take more energy and more tuition dollars. For you, this may be something different, like a client's tax return or your upcoming audit, but it's important that you keep all sides of the triangle in balance. Some other possible consequences of procrastination include a reduced well-being, the jeopardization of your personal or professional relationships, an increased risk of cardiovascular disease and or hypertension, and self-blame and chronic stress, which if not addressed can lead to depression. At this point in the episode, you're probably thinking, well, this has been a real downer of an episode. How can I turn my frown upside down? Don't worry. We finally reached the point where we can figure out how to cure our procrastination woes. The first way we can try to address procrastination is to find the Bigger Better Offer, or the BBO. Rather than avoiding a specific project or task, we need to find a better reward that can relieve the challenging feelings of our present self without causing harm to our future self. One of the possible replacements is self-forgiveness. Instead of beating yourself up for procrastinating, yours truly, Simply forgive yourself for doing so. A 2010 study found that students who forgave themselves for procrastinating when studying for a first exam ended up procrastinating less when studying for the next one. The researchers concluded that self-forgiveness supported productivity by allowing, and I quote, the individual to move past their maladaptive behavior and focus on the upcoming examination without the burden of past acts. Another possible replacement is the practice of self-compassion. This is where we treat ourselves with kindness and understanding in the face of mistakes and or failures. A 2012 study that examined the relationship between stress, self-compassion, and procrastination found that procrastinators tend to have high stress and low self-compassion, suggesting that self-compassion acted like a buffer 
against negative reactions to self-relevant events. Now that last one may be easier said than done, so we recommend reframing the task by considering a similar time where things went well. For example, say the thing you're procrastinating is a call to one of your clients to explain why we need to bill $1,000 over budget. Instead of thinking that that call will go terribly, think back to when you had to make a similar call that went well. How did you handle it? How did you frame it? How did the client react? Then, channel those ideas and feelings into your next call. You may have another positive reaction in the making. Here are some other ways you can work to eliminate procrastination. Cultivate curiosity. If you're feeling tempted to procrastinate, bring your attention to the sensations arising in your mind and body. What feelings are eliciting your temptation? Where do you feel them in your body? What do they remind you of? What happens to the thought of procrastinating as you observe it? Does it intensify? Does it go away? Does it cause other emotions to arise? How are the sensations in your body shifting as you continue to rest your awareness on them? Consider the next action. At the start of a given task, you can consider the next action as a mere possibility, as if you were method acting. What's the next action I'd take on this if I were going to do it, even though I'm not? Maybe you would open your email, or perhaps you would put the date at the top of your document. Don't wait to be in the mood to do a certain task. Make your temptations more inconvenient. If you compulsively check social media, delete those apps from your phone, or give yourself a really complicated password with not just four or five digits, but maybe 10 or 12. By doing this, you're adding friction to the procrastination cycle and making the reward value of your temptation, in this case, checking your phone, less immediate. So just to recap everything we talked about. Procrastination is the trouble we face persuading ourselves to do the things we should do or would like to do. And when we procrastinate, instead of working on important, meaningful tasks, we find ourselves performing trivial activities, cleaning our email, cleaning our desk, doing our laundry if we're working from home, and we waste time that could be better used elsewhere. The two primary reasons why procrastination occurs is because our present self and future self are in conflict and that we may have a negative perception around a project or a task. When we procrastinate, we face consequences such as increased time to complete a task, lower quality of work, loss of personal and or professional relationships, and an increased risk of cardiovascular disease or hypertension. And we can work to reduce procrastination by focusing on that bigger, better offer through forgiveness and self-compassion, cultivating our curiosity, and making our temptations more inconvenient. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Coach's Corner. Remember that a list of references can be found in the episode's description if you're on a mobile device and inside the Coach's Corner folder of the National Drive if you're listening on your computer. See you next time. Thank you.